Welcome to Equestrian Movement's Fast Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our first Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling, and husbandry, or an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and this week we are doing episode 14, Listener q and I've got a couple of questions that we're going to dig into today about different scenarios that some of our listeners have sent in about. So let's start off with Caitlin who is asking for some advice about taking her horse off the property for the first time. So she's taking it out to a clinic and it's the first time that she's going to be taking her horse around, you know, that more high energy environment that we can find when we're out and about with other horses. She, Her horse is pretty timid and spooky in new areas and she's asked what are some items I can use and things I can do to get her more desensitized and used to new places. So what we talk about at Equestrian Movement, firstly we can talk about the desensitization. So we don't really use desensitization very often. For us, we prefer to use confidence through curiosity using target training. When we use desensitization, it's not helping our horse deal with their fear of of the spooky object. It's just telling them to not react to it. And the horse's individual coping mechanism for how much they can't, they cannot react to something is completely dependent on each horse and each scenario. But there is always going to be a tipping point where they can no longer just not react. And that's where we tend to see the horses that just kind of implode all of a sudden. What we'll see with these horses is they look like they're fine. They look like there's nothing wrong with them. And then all of a sudden they'll show us big behaviors like rearing, spooking, bucking and bolting. And the owner will say, oh, I have no idea where that came from. My horse doesn't normally behave like this. It's um, completely out of character for them. So this is what we see when a horse is being taught to basically shut down and disconnect from their experience rather than uh, process it. And this is what the desensitization training does. It doesn't teach your horse how to engage with its environment and its emotions and what to do with it. It just teaches them to not react and to, to not respond to what they deem as a threat. So what we do instead is we teach confidence through curiosity using targeting. And so what that means is we start our horses out with basic targeting exercises to show them 
what we want them to do and then we start introducing you know more kind of scarier objects so that we teach them what we want them to do when they find something that's scary what ends up happening when we do this process is our students will tell us that their horses basically drag them around new environments to touch all of the things that they're scared of and the horse gets really chuffed in itself it's super cute when our horses realize that all they have to do with the things they're scared of is to go over and give them a little boop and life is good and a-okay again they build up so much more confidence in themselves because they know how to deal with the thing that is threatening them or that they feel threatened by and they build a lot of confidence in themselves to know um, how to handle things that are scary and as a result that just you know makes them feel better in in themselves as well so this is also a really good way of showing up for our horses as a leader by saying hey this thing that you're scared of it actually isn't that scary and if you went over and had a look at it you would realize that it's not that bad and so that also goes a long way for building that relationship confidence and trust in us so that even if they do come to something super scary like Sideshow Alley at um, you know your ag shows or the bubble machine starts up in Sideshow Alley at an ag show which happened to me <laughs> um, or all sorts of things you know the kangaroo coming down the road your, if your horse doesn't feel confident in themselves to know how to deal with it, they can still turn to you and say, can you help me with this? Hold my hand through the process. So secondly, what I prefer to do when we're introducing horses to a new environment is we have a certain prerequisite of skills that we want our horses to have. We need them securely attached to us. Our horses can be securely attached to their environment, to themselves, so like confident in themselves, to their herd and to us. And so what we're trying to create in our basically like our home training environment is that safe secure routine within their herd knowing what's expected of them confident in their environment and feeling like in control of themselves and confident in themselves and what's going to happen to them and in the process of creating this environment we're building out our relationship with them and, and their attachment to us so that when we go to take them into a new environment, they aren't reliant on the routine and the confidence and the security of their home environment because they have the same feeling, if not more so, through the connection with us. We become their anchor when we take them into a new environment. And so if your new environment is like a, like a clinic or a show or a competition or even a lesson, it can be hard to be that anchor for them if we are in that place of stress ourselves. So I prefer to with my horses and I recommend my students just go out to a show and take your horse and feed it and maybe do some in-hand walk, work with them, maybe do some targeting with them, do your relaxation and connection exercises create a really positive experience that makes the horse feel good and then take them home, take them back to their herd and feed them. And so then we're setting our horse up to know that we can change environments for them and everything is still has some stability and security in it because we are the horse's stability and the security and they start to get a routine of we go out, I eat, we come home. And that, that's a real important part, especially if you've had a horse that's, 
you know, shopped around lots of homes, it's gone from home to home to home, they really need to know that they're coming home after you've been out for an adventure. They need to not think that they're just getting moved into a new home and their whole life is going to be upheavaled again. They're going to have to go through that process of building new relationships and security in their environment again. So taking your horse out, letting them just relax. This is also a good opportunity for you if you're not a seasoned competitor is just go out and watch like you need to understand how high energy some of these um, experiences can be, how to interact with the other riders, what the other horses are going to be doing. Sometimes your horse might be the naughtiest horse out there, but sometimes it's other people's horses, so you need to know how to navigate those other horses as well. And then, um, you know, just a routine of approaching the gear steward, going to gear check, how you go out to the show ring, how you approach the judges, all those kinds of things. It's good to, you know, watch a few times. Maybe even nominate to pencil if your horse has got to the point where it's standing relaxed in the yard, the stable, or by the float. And then you can, when you're ready to go into the competition, be so much more confident in what's expected of you and so much less stressed. And so that stress isn't going to affect your horse quite so much. So once you've gone out to a few shows, you've let your horse just hang out, have a feed, go home, then you can just start introducing little rides. Maybe you will definitely have to talk to the show organisers first because you won't be allowed to ride if you're not competing. And then you can jump on your horse, have a ride around, even if it's just a leisurely walk, like just keep creating uh, positive experiences that are relaxed for your horse and then taking them home so that when it does come time to actually compete or to do the clinic or to have the lesson uh, you're super confident in what's expected of you your horse is super confident in what's expected of it and so then we should really be able to mitigate a lot of those stressful responses to that experience and it also sets you up for a future of you know going out to competition and being super relaxed with your horse and your horse being super relaxed as well so kelly has asked uh she just has got her first horse and she is uh, getting to know each other working on the ground only doing lots of grooming walking around together going over her body with her hands and feeling out her likes and dislikes she's discovered that she's really motivated when it comes to treats, done some catching and haltering at Liberty work um, and she's working beautifully. So she wants to know what kinds of things that she can continue to do uh, building out her relationship on the ground before she goes to get into the saddle. So there's quite a few things that we work on at Equestrian Movement. We have a whole membership course dedicated to how to get our horses ready for being in the saddle, our course training trainability. The key learning outcome for that is mental relaxation. Because if we are going to sit on our horse's back, we need them to be able to manage themselves emotionally because we cannot control, our horse can't control its behavior if it can't control its emotions. And so we can't control horses' behaviors if they are not in um, control of their emotions and 
being able to emotionally self-regulate. So this is a whole process that we go through with our horses. We're starting out with just developing periods of relaxation. Obviously our horses are really good at relaxing in their herd with their herd horses. We are the different experience a different factor in that training scenario so we need to get them to that same level of relaxation that they can get into with their herd when they're with us and then we want to build up the energy into more of like a working energy so we're building up focused relaxation to create mental relaxation to create work ethic and like applying themselves to task at hand without getting themselves stressed and in a state. So we tear this out into firstly developing relaxation and working on skills that develop the relationship with us, like we were just talking about. Our horses can be relaxed and connected and feeling secure and confident with their environment and their herd. And some horses can be confident in themselves as well. And then we're trying to integrate ourselves into that experience. So we become another anchor for them where they find that security and confidence so that when we're going into different experiences, we're where they go to for that security and that confidence in themselves and, and their experience. Once we've built out relaxation and that secure connection, we're... We've got like a combination of different exercises that we can do that we um, want to kind of figure out how our horse learns and how our horse prefers to work with. Different personality types respond to different exercises differently. Um, for example, Fiddy can get really frustrated if he doesn't know what the answers are. So I need to make sure he has short, quick wins and um, that he can have a break to kind of check out and relax before he continues back with work to to manage himself emotionally so that he doesn't turn into a complete twit whereas zodi is really insecure and nervous and scared of people so he has to have really low pressure exercises with lots of praise and encouragement and reward to keep him feeling confident and keep him trying it would be really easy to teach Zodi to just like shut down and stop trying if he was constantly getting told that his efforts weren't good enough and that would happen purely because he doesn't have a lot of education yet so when your horses are trying to find answers you have to let them get it wrong sometimes before they can find the right answer. We also have to be really clear in what we're trying to communicate as well and if those things go wrong Zodi's just going to run away. He he will probably, he hasn't done it because a lot of the work that we've been doing at Liberty yet, but that, that kind of horse will tend to like try to start running away on the lead, rearing up, maybe striking out if they're feeling cornered, just to try and get away from the experience if they're feeling too much pressure from that training exercise. So the questions that you want to ask yourself is, what do they do when they say no? How do their behaviours escalate? What are they trying to communicate? And how do you motivate that horse for a yes? And I do prefer to investigate these questions on the ground because in the saddle it results in you falling off sometimes. Um, but it's also a more stressful experience for your horse if they're not ready, con consenting, engaged and willing on the ground before you go and put the saddle on. And so we have like a way that we tear out our lowest pressure exercises up into our most pressure exercises. So uh, an example of a low pressure exercise is obviously, you know, where we're not actually really using any pressure 
pressure on our horse at all. So if we're working at liberty to do like targeting and that kind of thing where the horse figures out uh, what the answer is for like praise, whether it be reward, treat, scratches, a break, what have you, up to kind of our more higher pressure exercises. So I will always do our in-hand work with the horses before I sit on their back because I like to have that communication and that confidence in the contact really clear between me and the horse and the thing about in hand that I really like is walking side by side with our horses doing our in hand work we build up you know that connection of movement where initially you kind of bounce into each other a lot and so you have to synchronize in movement for for the movement to become fluid so doing that in hand work can start building up that connection that you need for riding as well and then obviously we're also you know tuning the horse into the bit pressure cues so part of doing our in-hand work is using your dressage whip to to create forwardness and so anytime that we're cueing in with our whip aids we are using our most high pressure aids but what we're doing is we're trying to obviously use it very softly um, to create the word and the word is move away from and so this is a really good process to teach our horse how to seek the release of pressure and how to start finding answers so that when we are you know cueing with our dressage whip or any of our tools they understand how to find the answers and that we're not trying to use the whip to force them to do anything or to hurt them or be heavy-handed or anything we're just creating a word through touch so the part about the dressage whip that I like is that because it's so long we can touch different parts of their bodies and so it's not about whipping those parts of the bodies to get them to to work them or move them or use them or whatever it's just a gentle tickle with the tip of, of the whip to say this is the part of your body that I want you to move or to use and then so you're cueing into the whip but that is definitely you know a more high pressure aid and then if your horse is really confidently and consistently working with you for all of your basic exercises for finding answers all your basic horse husbandry they're doing in hand well and all of those kinds of things you might still want to have a professional ride them for the first time just to see if what the horse is like just because everything is going really well on the ground doesn't mean it's going to translate perfectly under saddle unless you know their history if they have any issues with saddle fit back pain trauma from their braking experience haven't been ridden for an extended period of time there's so many reasons for why a horse can have a meltdown under saddle and so if you are not experienced in dealing with these greener horses you potentially aren't going to read the signs early enough to know that there's something coming up that you need to deal with and it's better to not have your horse know that it can get out of work by bucking you off um, it's better to just not get to that I prefer to just not get to that place in the first place so if my horse is giving me nose before like those no's come up well before there's issues in the saddle you just have to be confident and competent in reading them and understanding what those signals are and that's not something that I would expect of my students it's something that you know I've been training for 15 years to be able to recognize this question is from Renee what kinds of exercises can I do to get my mare's energy out before riding? This is 
another one of the things that we tend to work on a little bit differently. Like if you look at natural horsemanship, they do uh, hooking on or or they do join up. Sometimes you'll see people lunge their horses. One big problem with moving your horse's feet to get cooperation and relaxation is that it's not showing your horse how to process and manage their energy and focus it and relax it. And quite often they are in this stressy energetic state because people have put them there, because they've asked them to move their feet to work with them, because they've lunged them to work them, because they've run them to get submission. So when we are working with our horses to run their feet to develop relaxation, it can have its place where, you know, we're, move, we're shifting hormone levels, adrenaline, cortisol and that kind of thing, letting them run it out of their system. But a lot of the times the horses, this isn't actually what they need. And we can end up making our horses fitter than we are. So if we're constantly lunging them or running them or um, hunting them around the round yard to get them to relax all we're really doing is making them fitter and then it's going to take longer to get them into that state of relaxation because basically we're just kind of trying to tire them out i do do a little bit of work with like liberty and free lunging i like the horses to be able to have a little bit of a run and a buck if they want to but most often i'm finding that you know, you really have to chase them to get them to run and to buck and, and do that kind of thing. If you're doing connection work and liberty work and working for your horse's cues off of the age more so than running the energy out of them, they would prefer not to run. Even, you know, my most sprightly athletic horses will just do a short canter without a whole lot of kicking and fussing and circle back around to reconnect with me. There's the occasional time, um, say for instance, if we've had really bad weather, like excessive heavy rain and they have a day of good sun or if we've had a lot of cold and we have a day of good sun coming into spring like different environmental factors like that can make our horses feel a little bit more fresh in themselves and enthusiastic in themselves and so it can be a good time again where I would use liberty and free lunging to you know give the horse a little bit more freedom if they want to have a faster run and a bar to to do that and then circle back around to me. But the skill really is in developing that mental relaxation and emotional self-regulation. And that is emotional maturity for our horses. Helping them process those feelings of, like when they're truly feeling this, it's rare. It's helping them process like their high energy feels. As long as you're like feeding them adequately, they have good access to open spaces, they are in, well integrated within a herd. If their life is balanced with those factors, then coming into work, they shouldn't be hopped up 
ready to like hopped up needing to be run to get into a state of mental relaxation and if they are it's because we've created it and this is where you know when we're talking about developing relaxation our horses they know how to relax it's us that doesn't know how to relax and it's us that put pressure on ourselves that we need to be doing something to be being productive your horse knows how to relax in its herd your horse knows how to relax in its paddock your horse knows how to relax around other horses, does not know how to relax around you. And that has to do with the kinds of pressure, the kinds of exercises, the kind of work that you've been doing with your horse that is saying, okay, I'm only here for you to work. And when you work, you get wrong, you get in trouble. And then your horse gets stressed and worried about being in trouble and getting things wrong. And so then they're coming into these training environments with high mental stress, state of anxiety, worry, fear. And we've got them, you know, in that flight mode because we are the threat. We create that threatening experience to them because we're chasing them around the round yard. We're driving them to come into us in a state of submission. We're creating that high energy state by coming into the training environment from that place of work and start instead of starting from a place of relaxation and connection and then building the energy up into um, more of a focused state of relaxation for their work ethic and then encouraging that engagement and the learning process through marking the behaviours and showing them what we want from them and rewarding them for their effort. So if you have any questions about horse behaviour or what's happening with your horse or horse training, feel free to send them in and we can add them to another Q&A on troubleshooting horse behaviours. If you're interested in seeing some of these training uh, scenarios in action, you should hop over to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe. We have got trainings on building a deeper connection, a stronger bond, uh, working with a horse, with uh, t teaching uh, confidence through curiosity instead of desensitization when it was scared of a pig. So that we're constantly putting out little snippets of our training on there for you have a look at how we work with horses from the equestrian movement philosophy in a way that, you know, we do things just slightly different to the standard natural horsemanship of working on building a relationship and a connection, building consent, willingness and uh, engagement in the training process first and foremost over um, submission-based, fear-based tactics. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you've got to come check out the Arena Classroom. The Arena Classroom is our community for all things training for connection, where we delve into exercises to build our horse's trainability, process emotion, and build emotional resilience. It's where you can get individual help applying our tools like consent, communication, confidence through curiosity, connection, and so much more where you learn a level of communication and connection that will blow your mind and other trainers will tell you it's not possible. It is a safe community where you can learn training tools not shared on the podcast that will open up that connection and will further build your confidence in you and your horse's potential. 
so that you can stop doubting that you're good enough for your horse and questioning if you're doing the right thing. It's where you can come hang out and connect with other first do no harm trainers just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will revolutionize what you believe to be possible with your horse. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash the arena classroom.